We got the radio voice of the Seattle Kraken on the line right now joining the show. It's Everett Fitzhugh. Everett, how are you? Hey, fellas. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Well, we're doing pretty good, pretty solid. Are you in Toronto for the game tonight, or are you out in Seattle? Nope, nope, we're here. We're, uh, we're, we're full travel, so I will, I'm overlooking uh, Rogers Center and the CN Tower as we speak. Beautiful. So are you enjoying our Seattle weather in early January here in Ontario? Oh, my goodness. I was going <laughs> to say, I feel like I'm, I'm back at home right now. A little chillier here than it would be uh, in, in Seattle. I, don't, I can't do the conversion, uh, but it's uh, about, what, 38 Fahrenheit? I think today in Seattle it's about 50, so a little bit milder, but still gray, still rainy. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of a gloomy day, but there's a lot of great exactly. hockey. I mean, we got the U.S. and, and Canadian game that, that'll be competing with the Leafs game tonight. Um, yeah. But Seattle's having a pretty solid sophomore season to this point. 2012-4 uh, in a playoff spot. Was this expected from the team at the beginning of the season, or is this even a, a kind of a, a good big development from your perspective? You know, if, if I can say it was a little bit of both, I think internally um, the the team and, and the hockey ops staff and the organization, they, they knew that there, there needed to be um, improvement this second season. And going into to the inaugural year last year, Ron Francis, the GM of the Kraken, had laid out this five-year plan. We, we knew that the Kraken were not going to be the Vegas Golden Knights, who, by the way, have screwed everything up for expansion teams across the board from, from here until eternity <laughs> comes. Um, but, but I think for, for Seattle, that five-year plan now has turned into a two-and-a-half or three-year plan. And I think you're seeing the fruits of that labor this past summer. You know, it, it all started last season here in Toronto when it was announced that um, Jared McCann was signing a five-by-five extension. So now you lock up a big piece of that core uh, for Seattle going into the summer. You bring in Oliver Bjorkstrand. You bring in Andre Burakovsky. Uh, Matty Beneers has a great 10-game tryout at the end of last season. And then now he has uh, seemingly picked up where he left off last year uh, and, and continues to lead uh, the NHL rookie pace. So for, for Seattle, I, I think internally, players, coaches, front office, we had a feeling that this wasn't going to be last year's team. Did, did a lot of us maybe see a playoff berth? Uh, you know, I, I certainly thought that this team could contend, but I will say I think this team overall maybe has outticked the coverage a little bit due to public perception, but I think internally we, we had a feeling that, that that ship was starting to be righted. Ever yesterday, Sheldon Keefe, uh, Leafs head coach, was talking a lot about the Kraken, and he mentioned twice uh, just how difficult this Kraken team is to play against. Um, yeah. From your perspective, and perhaps for Leafs fans that haven't watched the Kraken a lot this year, what makes them such a difficult team to play against? I think Seattle is is the team a team that sets the pace. When when they are successful, when this Kraken team is winning games, they are our first to pucks. They forecheck hard. They are a very hard team to play against. And even last season, a number of NHL coaches uh, will tell you that this is the hardest team that that we've played against. But unfortunately for Seattle, they weren't rewarded for a lot of that effort last year. And this season, they're 
they're now starting to be rewarded for that effort. Um, Forechecking, being first to pucks, setting the pace. Dave Haxall, the head coach of the Kraken, has told me multiple times, both on record and off record, if we're going to be successful, if the Seattle Kraken are going to be successful, we have to roll all four lines. We can't shorten our bench. We have to be the toughest team, the most aggressive team, the fastest team, the quickest team on a, on any given night. It's a tiring pace. And I remember a couple of games ago, I, I was talking to Carson Soucy after practice, and he said, man, you know, after the last game, I was just gassed. But that's what we have to do. That's how we need to play in order for us to be successful. So that is is what I think the biggest difference is this year is that the effort is continuing to be there from last season, but now they're getting the rewards for that effort. We're chatting with Everett Fitzhugh, radio voice of the Seattle Kraken, with them in town to take on the Leafs tonight. And, you know, I think when you talk about rolling four lines, it's kind of showed when you look into what the production has been like for this team, it's yeah. extremely widespread. You've got uh, no player with more than 28 points, but eight guys with 20 or more points um, and 16 in double digits. I mean, how has this evenly spread offense helped this team succeed? It's it's been huge because you look at you know I'll I'll use three guys as an example: uh, Andre Burakovsky, Jaden Schwartz, and Maddie Beneers, who are are you know three of your top five in scoring. They've you know had a little bit of a dip here in the last couple of weeks, but then you've had the likes of Daniel Sprong, Morgan Geeky, Ryan Donato, Brandon Tanev picking up uh, the the offensive slack from the third and fourth line. And in fact, uh, Sprong, Geeky, and Donato are three of the top four scorers in the entire league amongst players averaging 10 or fewer minutes a night. So making the most out of their opportunities. And I think it's just, it's been that spread offense all throughout the season. Someone told me, um, or asked me rather, you know, what's what's the offensive identity of this team? And I said, it's offense by committee, but the entire team is the committee. I think we've had 23 players uh, register a point this season. Uh, 11 times this year, 10 or more players have recorded a point within the game. So um, it's been it's been a a refreshing. Uh, thing to see on a nightly basis you don't know who's going to to score for you and that's okay because if your top line your top six for whatever reason are struggling on any given night you can count on those bottom six forwards your defense to chip in on the offense i mean adam larson your your top pairing uh defenseman is on a seven game point streak um which i talked to him this morning and he said yeah how many times did you ever think you'd say that uh adam larson on a seven game heater so um it's it's been fun to watch this team and the ways that they've been scoring and i think more importantly the ways that they've been finding uh finding to win Everett, Dave Hackstall is a guy that, that Leafs fans know well um, from his yeah. time here in Toronto. Um, how much credit should he get for the success the team is having? And if, if I'm not going too far here, like, should Dave Hackstall be in the Jack Adams conversation at all? You know, I, I think he definitely deserves you know some of the credit for this team because at the end of the day, he's the one rolling out the line combinations and, and the deep pairs and, and setting that game plan. I think one thing that, you know, 
it is not talked about is that it's hard. It's tough in this league, especially when you're coaching an expansion team, a team that's never been together. You know, essentially you've got 23 rookies, you know, their first time playing in a new city, playing in a new building, playing with these teammates. So trying to, to get them to come together is, is a challenge all in itself. And then you have the season that you had last year um, in which, you know, you didn't have the puck luck. The bounces weren't going your way. Nothing seem to be going right I, I definitely think that this this turnaround you know you can put a lot uh, put a, a bulk of that turnaround on him so I think um, you know is, is he in my in my Jack Adams conversation I may be a little bit biased but I, I think so simply because of the turnaround and especially if this Kraken team uh, finds a way to, to keep up this pace um, and and get into the playoffs in their second year I don't see how you can't have a serious conversation about Dave Haxtell uh, being coach of the year. Well, I think one of the big maybe cons- question marks, concerns perhaps remaining uh, with this team is is probably goaltending. Um, you know, both Grubauer and Martin Jones have kind of struggled of late, both of the sub-900 uh, sub save percentage since the beginning of December. I mean, do you think that the goaltending is strong enough to hold up to get this team into the playoffs? It's going to have to be right, I, I, and, and I think for for Seattle and for those two, you know, listen, they they were put you know in in a position in which I don't think a lot of folks expected it. it let's go back to last season, right? You had Philip Grubauer and you had uh, Chris Drieger, and and at the time, the Athletic, I believe, ranked the Kraken goaltending coming into last year as the third best tandem of the season. Well, Chris Drieger. Philip Grubauer, you know, in and out of the lineup. There was a COVID outbreak amongst the team. Guys were sick, things like that. So that never uh, was able to manifest. And then you go into this season. Now we're going to get the, the goaltending tandem that we thought we were going to get last year with this Kraken team, Grubauer and Drieger. Drieger gets injured in the gold medal game for Canada in the World Championships and is out, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. So now you bring in a guy in Martin Jones who is has been able to, with another injury to Philip Grubauer, right this ship and I think without his strong play in his 14-15 wins this year this Kraken team is not in the position that they're in so you know I think at the end of the day as long as they're getting the wins uh, that are necessary I understand that the the numbers may not be where folks would like in terms of the goals against and the save percentage they're the Kraken are finding ways to win they're finding ways to score goals and I never thought that this team would be able to outscore the likes of an Edmonton Oilers team you know even though Calgary you lose 90 goals because of free agency this past season the way that they've been able to play against Calgary in Pittsburgh in Minnesota the teams like that so I think the goaltending will be fine and and every single day you know they're putting in the work uh, to, to get better. I know it sounds like a cliche, but, you know, the, these goaltenders understand the importance and what's in front of them. And I think that these two can, you know, get the crack into that promised land, which is a playoff berth. Everett, I think a lot of people here in Toronto are going to be pulling some split-screen action tonight and watching, you know, the Leafs cracking, and, and they're going to be watching Canada in the World Junior Final as well. And you My know, condolences last night, by the way. Listen, I, 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 hometown discount. I get it. You know, Come the on now. Rules. 
Goaltender interference versus no, – that's no, yeah, fine. I get it. I get it. There's always next year. There's always next year. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. You, you, I, I'm yeah. you, we, we could I'm We could probably um, spend a lot more time on that conversation. But <laughs> listen, one one player that I think a lot of Canadians are going to be watching and, and asking about, Shane Wright, um, yeah. the Kraken will have a decision to make very soon whether or not he's going to rejoin the team after the World Juniors, or whether he's going to be headed back to Kingston in the OHL. Yeah. Uh, what's your sense, maybe, A, where you think he's going to go, and B, maybe where you think he should go? Yeah, you know, that, that has been that has been the, the number one question around, you know, Shane Wright and the Seattle Kraken this season. You know, going into the beginning of the year, it was understood that the best place for him would probably be in Seattle. You know, getting the playing time and, and the practice time, but this is a team that I think is ahead of schedule and is playing really good hockey. This team has been remarkably healthy uh, this season. I think only two forwards have missed a combined total of five games this year for Seattle. So the ice time hasn't been there for Shane Wright. So if we're having this conversation three months ago, I'm saying, you know what, keep him in, in, in Seattle and, and to be around that NHL time. But now he goes to the American Hockey League, scores four goals in five games there. He comes back, gets his first NHL goal against Montreal, which, you know, fire up the storylines there. And then he goes off to the tournament now and is having success and is playing a meaningful role. So now, given all of that, I definitely can see how a return to Kingston may be on the table. Now, I don't know what's going on in the Hockey Ops uh, office right now. We'll find out probably about the same time uh, as as you guys do. But, you know, I I think that there's no substitute for that NHL style, the NHL lifestyle and the practice and the speed and the pace. But being able to play games is important. Obviously, he missed a year of hockey uh, through the COVID-19 pandemic. So being able to get him back into games could help his development and will help his development further along. So it's a, it's a big question. It's a big decision that has to be made. But I could see a return to Kingston, you know, definitely on the table for Shane Wright. Uh, that's uh, Everett Fitzhugh, uh, play-by-play radio voice of the Seattle Kraken. And uh, one more before you go here tonight, and it's it's, yeah. it's going to be a good game. You know, we were talking about beforehand, um, and, and just based on how Seattle's performed uh, this year, we think it'll be a good tight one, especially Dave Haxtall making a return into Toronto. I think there'll be some money on the board potentially for Seattle. <laughs> but from your perspective, as a guy who travels around the league and gets to watch you know, all of these teams play, I mean, do you get more excited to, to come in and, and into Toronto and get to watch this team in particular? Is something that your that excites you about this matchup tonight I, I it does for for a variety of reasons i think this matchup in particular with the kraken playing as well as they've been playing the beginning of a of a 13 game seven day road trip you beat edmonton in edmonton two nights ago so now you're flying high off of that win you're going up against your First captain in team history in Bart Giordano, also Kelly Yonkruk on the other side who played mm-hmm. in Seattle um, last season. I think the storylines are there. And I think for me personally, listen, I grew up just over the border uh, from Windsor in Detroit. So Hockey Night in Canada was a staple in my household every Saturday night. So being able to, to come to Toronto and, and inside the, um, the, the arena and, and to be in this place for me is super special. And I think anytime you can go to a Canadian market 
market and play in a Canadian market. There's a ton of family here. I had a wonderful conversation this morning um, with Brandon Tanev's father, Mike, who is here and lives here locally. Obviously, Jared McCann, Vince Dunn, Jamie Alexiak. So many folks are from uh, this city uh, in the surrounding area. So it's always, you know, a little bit special. You dress a little bit sharper, right? Yeah, you, you, you do a little bit extra when you're here in this market. So it's going to be exciting uh, for me, having only been here once before last season. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a good game, and with both these teams playing well and with a lot on the line tonight on both sides uh, of the red line, I think it's going to be a pretty a pretty exciting matchup this evening here. I agree. It'll be a good one tonight. Appreciate you taking the time, Everett. We can uh, hopefully we can chat again real soon. Absolutely, fellas. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. There he is, Everett Fitzhugh, radio voice of the Seattle Kraken.